Today, I'm super excited to welcome the lovely Sarah to the show. This incredible female entrepreneur launched her own business, Sarah Rose Healing, and is specializing in Indian head massage, facials and Reiki, while studying to become a homeopath. Today, we're going to deep dive into Sarah's entrepreneurial experience, and she's going to share with us how her background has helped to define the businesswoman she is today. For anyone wanting to work within the world of healing, Sarah's story will help to inspire you to chase your dreams and to follow your passions. Welcome to the show, Sarah. I'm so pleased to have you here today. Thank you. What an intro. Wow. <laughs> I managed to do it about messing wow. up as well, which is a first. <laughs> normally, normally I trip over my words at some point. I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> Um, but thank you for coming on today. I thought just to kick off the interview, it would be amazing if you could just give us a little bit of background into how Sarah Rose Healing was founded and also just what experience has got you to where you are today. Okay, yeah. So how was it founded? I suppose it all came about, there was two kind of two different routes into it, I guess. So the, the first thing was about seven or eight years ago. I heard all these, all the women in my um, office, I worked at the time talking about this homeopath um, and how they'd help their children, how um, this homeopath had helped their children, helped the women with all different sorts of health issues. And, that, and it wasn't just health issues on a physical, but also on an emotional kind of level. And this is when I started, I guess, getting interested in a different way of looking at health and I went to go and see this homeopath and she's now been my homeopath ever since and helped me with so much which um my um conventional doctor if you want to call that um wasn't able to help me with at that time with absolutely no disrespect to him whatsoever um so that was my first kind of oh there's a different way of looking at healthcare here kind of six seven years ago and then I guess the second little routine was when I was um, just before I went on maternity leave. So I, I knew at the time I was pregnant with my daughter and I started to think about the, how I wanted my career to look like when I became a mother, if I wanted it to be as it was at that point in time or if I wanted to make any changes. And I guess it was then during my maternity leave, I discovered Reiki and I had a calling to it, a desire to find out more. And I went for a Reiki treatment with a lady that I knew also taught it. So I guess I had an alternative motive. That I thought I want to go meet her first. So I had a treatment, fell in love with Reiki and what it did and signed up there and then to do my level one whilst I was on maternity leave. Um, so I was already during that time carving out a new career, I guess, um, for when I had my daughter and I qualified kind of one and a half, two years later. And at that point, knew with homeopathy and Reiki, my eyes had been opened, I guess, and my heart had been opened because I was completely head over heels with this, with this kind of new area of my life and took the massive step of walking away from a corporate job that I'd been in for 15 years in marketing, so very different, and founded Sarah Rose Healing and was very lucky that whilst I was doing my Reiki training I was starting to see clients because I had to do a certain number of case studies and so word of mouth I just managed to kind of build the business up and make that transition from the corporate world to a very very different world um, and that was nearly three years ago now so that's kind of how Sarah Rose Healing came about. 
Oh, wow. There's so much to dive into with this. Um, I'm so excited to kind of go into this a little bit more. But um, when you knew, like when you obviously went for the homeopathy appointment and also when you went for your first Reiki session, what was it like? What did it feel like for you when you were like, this is what I want to do? Because I know it's something that I think a lot of women can have dreams to maybe change their career or start a business, but they just struggle on the like, what, what should they be doing instead? And I can just sense your passion for these two areas so I'd just love to know what that felt like and what that experience was like for you where you realize yeah it's this like is for consuming me. like even talking about it now my legs are tingling like it, it's just like <laughs> it feels how it felt was how it came about was because my homeopath made me feel so amazing I knew I want to give that feeling to other people I want them when it comes to their their health care I want them, I want them to them to feel heard and help them on these different kind of emotional spiritual and physical levels not just kind of putting a plaster over the problem as such um and then you just find yourself going home and reading books and not wanting to watch tv because you just want to read things online all the time because you just can't get enough of the information because it's such a topic that you're kind of hooked on um and then that's kind of how i felt about reiki when um, Lynn, my teacher, gave me that first treatment and the stuff she was telling me, I was like, oh my goodness, like, again, I want to do, I want to help other people do what Lynn has just done for me. And there's no question, like, there was no question of how am I going to do it? It was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find a way of doing it. And it just feels like you come home and you're on the right path because it's such a different path to what I was doing like corporate marketing for cars it was like couldn't be any more different like really (laughs) but I just knew like I said I knew I was going to find a way of doing this yeah I love it I think that'll be so inspiring to everyone listening listening as well whether or not they found um their new path yet or not I think that now they'll know kind of what to look out for and how they should be feeling once they found that thing for them um did you find like sort of with friends and family when you decided to make this decision just because it was such a step away from what you had been doing before did you find that you come up to a bit of resistance kind of from friends friends and family about and you know Mm. them being worried for you and things like that because I know that again can often be something that a lot of women have to face if they have just started up a business or definitely if they're kind of moving into such a different um you Mm. know career path yeah especially because a timing thing for me as well I'd literally just given birth as well so I think people must be thinking you just had a baby about to leave your job and you're about to set up a new business are you a little bit delally like do you want to slow down a little bit (laughs) but when you know and all your senses are engaged that you know this is the right thing to do there's no stopping you like I was doing it so I think because I was so like engaged in it and people could see how alive I'd come with it. There was no real, I guess my parents did the kind of the thing they needed to. And like, are you sure about this? You've worked for 15 years to get where you got to. Um, But there wasn't even much of that really because they could see how much I wanted what I was going for. So it was more just my friends and family just saying how much, luckily they were so proud of me for stepping away from something that was very secure and the known to something that was completely new and unknown, but they couldn't really stop me, I guess. And I, I guess they, they kind of knew that. So it was just <laughs> love and support. I felt there wasn't much resistance at all in terms of questioning what I was doing. Mm, that's amazing. I often think as well, the people around us can 
even though it can be difficult to accept sometimes, they are mirrors of ourselves. So I think when internally you've really accepted this decision and you've decided that's the path that you want to go in, the resistance from the people around you will be less than mm-hmm. because they know, you know, you know within yourself that it's the right decision. So they kind of pick up on that and also feel like it's the right decision for you. It can perhaps be more challenging because I know when I started my business, I although I knew I definitely wanted to do it, I was still a little bit on the fence of exactly mm-hmm. what direction I was going into. So I felt like the people around me um, were kind of putting up a bit more resistance, but I think it was more just because internally I was putting up resistance myself. Um, So it was interesting, actually, because now I feel like I have less resistance and I'm more confident in my abilities. I feel like the resistance from the people around me has almost dissipated. Um, So it's definitely interesting um, how people can take a change like that. So when you got started, obviously, um, you it was a completely new industry. How did you kind of formulate a plan to get the ball rolling and to take the steps that you needed to to get the business um, off the ground so gosh when it is so new you're literally starting from nothing so there's nothing much I could take from my current job into my new job um but mm. what you can take is your skill set and your um yeah your skill set and the tools that you have and you just apply them differently so I was thinking what do I know okay no marketing so I knew first of all I kind of needed to set myself up on a social platform have a social channel for people to look me up and see what I'm about and get a feel for me and what I stand for you get that don't you more from kind of content Instagram type social media um so I set myself up just on Facebook and, and Instagram pretty quickly actually just so people could find me um and just started doing things that felt right in terms of speaking to friends and family about it who are your best advocates and your best promoters really because people talk don't they so it was just talking to many people as I could really about what I was planning on doing um, and what I wanted to do and this is going to sound really airy fairy but I put it out to the universe this is what I wanted to do and I was just putting out the positivity to bring the positivity back in um, and just really spending all the early hours I had free before I was seeing a lot of clients just being present online speaking to local community groups um if it was like local schools doing raffles just speaking to them about doing vouchers and things like that for their um for their raffles so I could get my name out there getting business cards in local shops um notice boards um but really just focusing on doing a really awesome job and the people I was seeing to make sure the word of mouth was there because I knew that's what I wanted to really focus on from the beginning was the referrals from making a change to people's lives as opposed to paying for social media awareness stuff that's not what I wanted to do it's all kind of done organically so it's more genuine Mm, I love that and interestingly as well a lot of the people I've interviewed have most of their business through marketing yeah. has come through word of mouth, which is so amazing because I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know if you agree and if you see this a lot on social media, but I feel like there's a lot of stigma around yeah. you have to spend X amount on advertising and all these things. And you feel like if you're not doing that, you're almost like not doing your marketing quote unquote properly. Whereas actually a lot of people do get their business just through word of mouth and more traditional and organic. And I think uh, that's what, method. it just depends on what industry you're in, I guess, isn't it? But for this industry for this area of work I didn't feel like paid marketing was going to do it because I can't 
you can pay for leads and I could put the awareness out there to a wider area but I just wanted to grow organically focusing on my local area and improving like making a difference for people when they came to me and that's where I was spending my time I guess and like you said you don't need the big money to kind of do the big bang yes I had to pay a bit of money to get my business cards printed because that was important for me for when I clients left me here's my card so if you please contact me if you're not feeling right afterwards or you have any questions about how you're feeling so that was maybe the first place I spent money apart from that a bit of stationery and the bits that I needed I was more spending my time on the social media platforms were more about kind of imagery of crystals and quotes I wanted to inspire people so if people were starting to look up where to get Reiki in the local area and they came across my pages they could get a feel for who I was and what I stood for and what coming to Reiki coming to me for Reiki would mean because it can be different for so many different people that's more I think important in this industry is what you stand for as a person and how you want to engage with your clients sounds really washy-washy though doesn't it but it's um yeah no it's honest and it's I think to be honest it's actually the reality I think there's a lot I think a lot of people hide behind Mm. the cloak of marketing and you know like oh I'm using Mm. this hashtag Mm. strategy or I'm doing this I'm doing that but to be honest interestingly actually I don't know if you've noticed this as well but um since the beginning of the pandemic I do actually feel like um social media platforms particularly Instagram have become a lot more honest and I think there's a lot more people now posting really transparent and authentic content versus before it was starting to feel a little bit like a shop catalogue or my Mm. feed was particularly anyway um but I love now that people seem to be focusing more on building community online which um I think it's amazing and particularly for an industry like yours where obviously it's um mm. you know healing and things like that I think people like to know the person yeah, behind and that's the business what separates you that's what makes you you because people it's different I guess if you're buying a product you go about marketing a completely different way but when people are coming to you you have to have that relationship for people to open up to you for you to be able to help them so that's kind of what you're working on really is how your, how you look and feel to somebody externally before they come to see you because that can be a decision factor they're going to look online and see who's available in the area who can I get Reiki who can I get an Indian head massage from in they might say Crowthorne or Berkshire or Hampshire they might go such a wide area then they'll maybe look at two or three different people and again the website I should have mentioned that maybe before that was obviously one of the first the other things that I set up because you just need to have that we don't need to, but I chose to have that, again, that kind of um, place to direct people if they wanted to find out more about me, my profile um, and the services that I offered and the duration of the treatments. So people can have that kind of dwell time of looking at that information before they even make contact sometimes. Um, so, yeah, it depends. If, when you're offering a service, that's where I think you've got to, got to focus more on the personal level and, like you said, make it more authentic. Always when people come and see you, they'll know it's fake. And that's not a nice feeling if they're coming to you to be helped on some level and they don't feel comfortable. Mm. And I can imagine as well within your industry, obviously trust and, you know, good mm. rapport building with your clients is Mass just so important. Communication. So if you get an email from somebody, 
when they're messaging you and they're saying I need Reiki because as we were talking before I've got crippling anxiety you're like oh god just the terms the words they're using Mm. this person needs a different type of communication so you'll say you know here's my telephone number if you want to ever call but I'm happy to carry on this dialogue via email if they feel safer that way Um, but it's just letting them know they have that option and giving them a list of dates and times mm. they can come to you, but knowing they need to choose when they're ready to come to you. So you treat every single person differently. Some person might just like, choose to message you via Facebook. Oh, I've seen this. Can I come and see you? And you think, okay, they're in a slightly different place. So it's having the headspace to treat people how they approach you. You, you tailor your different approach, I guess. Um, so it's all about yeah, offering a personal service because... Yeah, you're dealing with people on an emotional level sometimes, which is is precious that they're you're, they're allowing you to do that. So you take that with honour and you and you protect it like that. And that's why confidentiality, obviously, and trust is is massive. Mm, yeah, no, that's so true. Um, I just thought I probably should have asked this a bit sooner, but just in case anyone listening hasn't heard of Reiki and homeopathy and things, would you mind just giving a little bit of nothing too deep, but just a bit of background into what those are, just in case someone is completely unaware yeah, so and I hasn't heard that, of them before? You can describe each of them, Reiki and homeopathy, in that it, if you've got something that you want to, an area that you want to work on, we look at it on all levels. So if it's a physical ailment or an emotional ailment or some people like to work on a spiritual level, we're dealing with it on healing on all levels. So if you come for, with backache, with like when did the backache start and what makes it better and what makes it worse? And then you might unravel it and think they've not they've experienced backache since they lost a family member. And you think, okay, that might be actually linked to grief, which is something... Um, not all treatments would look at so um, you're looking at the the root cause of what stemmed from that problem and it might be many different problems but you're just always peeling it back to find out what's really going on with someone Um, and just taking a lot of time all my appointments would be an hour hour and a half Um, so you're really getting to know somebody and talking to them and then with Reiki it's kind of hands-on and hands-off but we're just Um, treating the body with what we call universal energy or many people um, call it different things and we're just um, initiating healing but empowering the body to do its own healing and that's exactly what homeopathy does we find um, the best remedy that suits all the different ailments that that person's experiencing and with homeopathy we say it kind of sparks the um, we call it vital force which is a bit like your immune system we're sparking it to go into healing mode so um, you can do your own healing, but it's just empowering yourself to do that on all levels um, with the end result, because it's a slightly longer journey, but with that then being resolved and healed, as opposed to maybe putting a plaster over it and it comes back in a different form or comes back on a different level. This is healing. So it's healed and you move on in your life, hopefully with it never returning. Mm, that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like I remember when I first discovered Reiki and I hadn't heard of it before and then as soon as I found it I was literally so excited because I was like oh my god this sounds like exactly what I've been looking for so I hope that explanation if anyone's listening and they didn't know about it before and they think actually this really resonates with me and what I've you know what would help me at the moment then I hope that they can go and seek um 
yeah some, you know look into it a bit further so I'll pop all your links as well in the show notes just in case anyone is obviously local or could work Super. with you as well so um I'll pop that all in the show notes um slight diversion of a question but have you felt like you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur no I don't think it it's always been there it was definitely sparked when um I fell pregnant and that that was I guess a pause maybe that was the first time I paused when I left college even when I left school people do that what do you want to do and you're like I don't know I'm like 15 um and mm-hmm. so I didn't know what I wanted to do and I went to college and then I applied for university I got into Southampton University and I was so actually quite upset about it and my mum was like you don't want to go do you and I was like no <laughs> don't know why I'm going don't know what I'd study don't know what I want to do still um, so I t- decided to take a year out and in that year um, fell into a job doing kind of PA admin work for car manufacturer and then realised the year came up I thought I'm earning money now I don't actually want to go to university and get into debt like all my friends are and all my friends or the majority of my friends were at uni so I was visiting different universities at the weekend seeing my friends so I was kind of having a uni life at weekends but then work life during the week and earning my money and I've got this independence so I never went to university because I never knew what I'd even study and then just felt like I was falling into job to job and I then moved from a local dealership to head office and was getting higher and higher up in marketing but never stopped to think what do I actually want to do in life until I then fell pregnant and thought how am I going to do this work full-time and be a mum and what kind of mum do I want to be and how do I how does this all fit in and I think it's only then when I stopped and I thought no I want control I don't want the corporate organization telling me what hours I spend with my daughter and how I'm going to do this and I think that's when I realized that I needed to break out and if I want that control you kind of have to be your own boss and that was the time in my life where I thought yeah it's now and that's when I was very lucky to realize it whilst on maternity leave so I could start my training um, and start looking into homeopathy course and how I'm going to qualify. Um, so that was, I guess, the lifestyle change that made me think I've had enough now with a, a very large organisation dictating how I'm going to live my life. I kind of want to take control now. Um, so that was a turning point, I guess, yes, having my daughter. Mm. It's, uh, that's really amazing as well because I feel like although for you yours was um, falling pregnant that was kind of the aha moment to start looking into where you wanted your career to go I think a lot of people seem massively to have gone this yeah. in the past year um, yeah like I've noticed kind of as a collective a lot of people mm. have done a lot of soul searching in the last year especially in regards to their job and you know what makes them happy and things and I think it's so great that more and more people are starting to follow their passions and to you know, really think what works with their life um, and work balance because it's something before that we seem conditioned that we almost feel like everyone knows they have to work, but it's almost like it's an uphill battle. Like it's not flowing. It's just a struggle for a lot of people, I think. And um, it's so great that you've managed to now find a way that you can 
start a business and run a business that does fit around your um your life as well have you found it easier since having your daughter to kind of manage your work-life balance now that you're running a business as opposed to working um in a in a corporate career like do you feel like that has been made slightly easier than if you were still in your job some people think it would have been easier to stay where I was because you can do more set hours and you've got a set wage and that's kind of what you want the security that's why some people Mm. are a bit like oh my god you're having a baby you're leaving your job you're setting up a company go 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 but you do like you said in the last year (laughs) and I agree with that women are finding their power and I feel like we we're breaking free because our passions are coming out more and we don't want to be dictated to as much anymore. And that power is coming back where we think, now's the time to change that. If I want something to change, I have to make changes. Um, and I'm very lucky in that, I guess, yes, I'm very, on my days I have my daughter, then my days with my daughter. And when she goes to bed, I'm very lucky she'll go to bed at seven and she's out for the cow that's when I'll then sometimes have to work in the evenings but I'm okay with that because I love it and I don't feel like I'm working so sometimes if I have to sit there and do an (laughs) an essay or something or I have to speak to a client about crystals I'm sitting here like having a cup of tea loving life so I don't feel like it's work because I love it so much when I get emails through it's never like oh my god I've got more emails to reply to I'm like oh my god yes I'm going to get to speak to her later and this is so amazing because I'm going to help her so it's kind of um it never feels like work because you just love what you're doing and I guess yes there is that flexibility that I can be present with her during the day and she's sometimes used to if we need to go and do a crystal delivery to somebody local I have to say oh we're gonna go and do a little crystal delivery she's like, okay mummy she's like kind of used to that sometimes occasionally that we have to do that oh um but I just obviously make sure we don't have it too often um because I then I don't want her to feel like it's a chore um, so I guess the timing of it is very lucky that I can be with her when I need to be with her. And then when she's asleep um, or she goes to preschool two days a week, that's when I get to do my passion. That's, and I guess, yes, yeah, you call it a job and it is a job. I feel very lucky it is my job. <laughs> oh I love that I thought I can literally feel your passion like radiating through your voice it's so great to hear though because I don't think many people have found no. that in their lives unfortunately and I think it's so inspiring to hear someone like yourself that has found their passion and has it's found so a way important. to be able to balance it's actually it all one of and, my questions you know really enjoy it homeopathy form so when you start homeopathy treatment you have a client form which you'd fill out for Reiki or anything else but with homeopathy it goes into a bit more detail and the one of the questions on there is are you in the right job Because it can really impact someone's mental health and their physical health. If you're suppressing what you Mm -hmm. actually want to do, suppressing a passion inside can cause dis-ease in the body and imbalance. So it's, you know, it's where you spend most of your time, isn't it? It's where you spend most of your hours. So it's so important to Mm -hmm. try and find out what that is. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um, I'd love to dig a bit further into, so obviously you kind of started mm. on this journey and you hadn't had any experience in the areas um, of Reiki and homeopathy. I'd love to just find out a little bit more how your journey has yeah. been with further education and, you know, have to upskill yourself and learn all these new things, especially with a daughter and obviously a home to manage as well. Um, mm. I can man- I imagine it is quite challenging, but I just yeah, love so to again, hear a bit more about that. Yeah, so again, because the passion's there, it, become, it be- can become a bit addictive. I'm already thinking, what can I train in next? Um, so it's so Reiki, <laughs> I did a level one, because I wanted to see how I felt. I obviously couldn't book in level two fast enough. 
but you have to leave a gap because you have to do quite a lot of self-healing in between that because you have to heal yourself before you can help others that's really important so I did level two and then I was chomping at the bit to do level three my masters like I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do and then homeopathy came about so I did a two-year kind of entry level course but you don't get a qualification out of it it's more like a um, foundation course and finding out more about homeopathy but also other things like my the teacher is a naturopath as well and she's a cranial osteopath so she looks at healing on all sorts of levels so I really wanted to get my head around that so I did that for two years and now I'm doing a three-year course to actually get my qualification I'm in my second year so now I'm really lucky that I can work on people I'm insured now to be able to do homeopathy but it's like a bug like you can't like I'm already thinking, oh, do I want to do some cranial osteopath afterwards? And I've looked into that. It's like, oh, that's a weekend, every weekend for three years. My partner's like, are you actually kidding me? Like, when are you going to stop? But because you just want to learn more and more, like I was saying before, you like every night I'm picking up books. What can I read about tonight? Like, what can I learn about? Because it's just, like, makes your heart happy, as I say. Like, it's like you are balancing it. I do have to sometimes, like listen to audio books whilst I'm cleaning the bathrooms because you do have a house to run and you have to cook meals and do everything <laughs> but it doesn't feel like hard work when I have to write an essay like I'm writing an essay at the moment on IBS but I'm actually really loving it and talking to people about their experiences it doesn't feel like I'm having to wedge it into my everyday life it doesn't feel like a tick box so I can go on to do other things because you're invested in it emotionally it's just so rewarding at the same time. You find a way of fitting it in. If you really want it, like I said right at the beginning, there's no how am I going to do it or am I going to do it. It's just like you, you find a way to do it. Mm. Oh, I love that. How if, if So when you first sort of started out, how did you choose mm. um, who to study with? Because I can imagine there's quite a lot of options to choose from. Um mm. Yeah, just in case anyone was thinking about getting started themselves but didn't really know where to, yeah, so to with, begin with um, finding a Reiki, trainer. I went through the UK Reiki Federation organisation, who I'm a member with, and they have area representatives. And I was lucky to find my locus, mm-hmm. local lady, who I referenced earlier, Lim, um, and she's based in Fleet in Hampshire. So I went for treatment with her first without even mentioning about the training just to get a feel for her as a person because I think that's really important when someone's going to become your teacher I wanted to find the right person before I committed to signing up to the course so I had a treatment with her I guess I kind of mystery shocked her without her even realizing <laughs> um but I loved how <laughs> her set up was at home and how she went about the treatment so that I, I signed up with her because I guess I bought into her as a person as well and had such a lovely feeling and connection with her and we're still in contact now we, we message each other it's amazing and with homeopathy again there's so many different colleges in London and all over the all over the country but I wanted to make sure that I was registered with the right organization afterwards and I was so lucky that my homeopath who I referenced earlier who I saw six seven years ago has set up her own college um, and I'm her first year intake of of a students. There's 26 of us going through it um, because it's homeopathy, but with so many other tools. So we're learning about herbs. We're learning um, about balnosos and um, other tissue salts and lots of other things that come along with homeopathy. But she teaches us about putting our hands on someone and listening to the physical body, that there's so many different elements to it. So again, because I was bought into her as a person because what she'd done for me already, 
I knew I didn't want to be trained by anybody else. I didn't want to go to college with anybody else. Like if I was going to do homeopathy, it was through Helen, my teacher, and that was it. So I was very lucky that I just found the right people that I wanted to be taught by from personal experience, I guess, from being healed by them myself, which is really important if you're going to go into an industry Mm. and it's finding the right person. So it's trying to find out as much as you can about them first, I guess, before signing up. Yeah, oh, that's such great advice. I think that would be a really good takeaway for anyone listening um, that's kind of wanting to get into further education, particularly as well within the healing industry. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that. What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far Um, on your journey as an entrepreneur? Self-confidence. Well, that's hands up. That's something I've owned and that's a problem from I've always had it. So it's that sometimes you get that wobble of, oh, Mm. am I doing the right thing am I good enough to do it so that's just that that's a self-confidence thing which I sometimes yet have to sit there own it acknowledge it say yeah okay you're having a wobble that's absolutely fine to have a wobble um have a wobble today and then tomorrow's a new day so put your big girl pants on and get on with it tomorrow um so sometimes that's okay we just we we have that moment and it's a definitely a a self-confidence issue can come and sneak up on you when you're least expecting it um but everything else I believe in what I'm doing I know I love what I'm doing it is yeah it's a self-confidence a personal self-confidencing sometimes that will sometimes just throw me off my feet for a couple of days sometimes but then you just get a new email from somebody or you see a client and you just pick yourself right up because you go no I love what I'm doing this is what I want to do. I'm good at it. I get my feedback. I know that. I think that's so great. I think as well, a lot of people will resonate with that because I know it's something that affects so many people um, kind of having the confidence, especially if you are starting out in a new industry as well, because you feel like you haven't got those years of experience to back you up. So um, I think so many people will resonate with that. Have you kind of been able to do you have any rituals or any techniques or is there any books that you've read that have helped with them sort of building your self-confidence not any books about self-confidence as such because all my books I'm reading are are linked to my studies and what I do um definitely having Mm. a support group of like-minded women so with, with Reiki I mentioned my teacher Lynn she still does monthly kind of beat-ups for people that she's I don't think it's even just people that she's trained I think it's like local people in the area that do Reiki and we talk about topic different topics every month um and different Chinese symbols and just talk about our experiences that month so to have like-minded people to talk about on a monthly basis I don't make it every month but it's just amazing to know that that group's there um, is really important to me and through my training on um, homeopathy is that I have a mentor that I've been set up with which is really important to me and we just have a little whatsapp group with my fellow students and sometimes we'll say oh my gosh I'm really struggling with this does this mean I can't do homeopathy am I going to be rubbish and then you just wade in with female empowerment of you can do this and send that person love and pick them back up again allow them the space to go through what they're going through but it's just having like-minded people I find talking to somebody and having support that way is a bit more helpful than me reading for example because I think even reading sometimes I'd maybe spiral a little bit 
with my thoughts but um speaking to either my reiki teacher or my homeopathy teacher or my fellow students and the women that have set up this whatsapp group is invaluable i'm so glad you mentioned that because to be honest Mm. it's kind of the reason why i started this podcast in the first place just because i'm one of them people i'm a bit of a geek like i do always feel like Mm. i'm like oh the answer will be in a book you know so I kind of consume a lot of books and personal development books and things but I often find that even though the information is there unless you're applying it to yourself it's kind of pointless do you know what I mean like it can cause the spiral um and I've definitely experienced that before myself and I found the the main way to help myself was to build a community of like-minded women um and have that kind of communication and that support line that way rather than trying to look at something external like a book um so I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think it's such a great takeaway um for anyone especially if you're a solopreneur and you're just starting out it can feel quite lonely so (laughs) it's great to have those connections so I definitely I love that you shared that thank you so much for sharing that um what I'm actually I was going to ask I feel like we've covered that so we'll actually we'll move on to another one um so I know productivity can be something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with obviously when you're trying to balance your life and your business and everything else that's going on in the world um do you have any tips at all for how you Mm, keep on top of your own productivity within your business on my list this morning um because sometimes Mm -hmm. I do jump around a little bit because I think okay I've got (laughs) a website to look at I've got social media to look at emails texts messages on Facebook on WhatsApp so you can't I sometimes can end up doing 10 things at once but not completing anything because I'm just working on lots of different things so having a list mm-hmm. that I can then tick, because everyone loves doing a little tick, um, that is my productivity of, yeah, these are stuff, this is the stuff I really want to do today, and these are the added bonuses. I always make sure I'm kind to myself, and I make sure my list is achievable, um, and then just really, yeah, write down the important things that I want to achieve that day. And sometimes even just telling my partner, if he says, what are you going to do today? And I go, right, I'm glad you asked that, because I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then I know he'll kind of call me out on it a bit if I haven't done it. So that's my little check and balance sometimes, just telling someone in your support group, your family member or someone in your WhatsApp group, I'm going to do my essay today. And if they go later, how did it go? Be like, oh, I don't want to tell them I didn't do it. So that's my kind of productivity there is to commit, is to communicate (laughs) what I want to achieve that day so someone can kind of make me accountable for it, I guess, because it's too easy sometimes to go, oh, I can't be bothered today which is fine if that's the way it's going to go and it's not going to work for you, but it's just making sure that you go through that process of, am I going to be kind to myself, not do it today? What am I going to do instead? Um, so yes, it's just having those goals and structure to the day and maybe just, yeah, communicating them somewhere other than yourself. So you, you feel like you're, you've got not onus at someone else, but you, if someone else asks you about it, why did you not do it that day? And it comes sometimes you can catch yourself out because you made too many cups of tea or something or found yourself staring out the window for 20 minutes watching a bird on the fence, <laughs> which I can sometimes do if I go in a bit of a daze. Um, <laughs> oh. oh, it's so easily done. I did it the other day. I was sat in the conservatory and I was like, Definitely. I started off on my lunch break, which is obviously fine. You're allowed a lunch break. And then before I knew it, an hour had gone by and I'd honestly been staring outside at doing nothing. And I was like, this is yes. awful. Like, I mean, you, but then Definitely. it's the balance, isn't it? Of like still being kind to yourself and not berating yourself for doing that because it can, sometimes it can feel tempting to be like, oh, for goodness sake, why no. have you done that? And but sometimes, like you that's said, that's not like, going to help you get like, anywhere. Oh, so. God, I'm really enjoying looking out the window. You know what? 
I'm going to do it for another half an hour and I'll work another yes. half an hour tonight. You just, I just kind of bargain with myself because I think at, at this moment in time, yes. I'm processing a lot of stuff and it's actually doing me good to sit here and do this. So I'm going to do it, but I do then do have to do a bit of work tonight mm-hmm. because of it. I can't just stare out of a window and expect my, my business to do its own thing. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny because I think it can often, especially in this weird time of the pandemic where everyone's been home a lot more like because you have so many hours at home. It's not like before where you were having to, say, drive to an office to do a commute yeah. and all these other bits and bobs. Like you've got more time. But in a way, it's, it's a blessing and a curse because where I know mm. I have more time, I can be a little bit le- more lenient with myself because I'll be like, oh, well, I've got 24 hours today. Like yeah. I can do it later, yeah, which definitely. is I'm good and bad, I find. <laughs> It is hard, but to be fair, I love that you mentioned doing lists. I also am a list creator. I've got my little diary in front of me today that I've been ticking off. So, um, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, Oh, this is one of my favourite questions, actually. So where do you see your business in five years' time? What would you say are your uh, your goals? What else can I train in? What else can I do in five years' time? Um, So then I will definitely be qualified (laughs) as a homeopath, which would be amazing. So I can add in that to my toolkit, yeah. More experience in my kind so of reiki and healing. I'm going to park for the moment that I've studied in something else. Um, that's kind of going to maybe just give myself a couple of years off. I'm already thinking, <laughs> will I still be con- like to continue working from home or would I like to find a room somewhere to practice from? That's kind of always in my mindset. Um, so maybe five years' mm. time I won't be or we'll convert somewhere else different in the house because I want a bigger room to do more stuff in the room. Um, Seeing more repeat clients, growing my client base. So just by becoming fully qualified and really focusing on my clients and doing that good job, again, it's just really trusting that word of mouth and just seeing more growth and seeing new people. I'd love to work with children more, which homeopathy allows me to do, especially because I feel like children's mental health after what we've been through over the last year has really been impacted. Um, so I feel like I'll be working, I'm already starting to work with quite a few um, younger teenagers. And I think the age bracket is just going to come down even more with parents wanting to take their children to see alternative people when it comes to healthcare for mental health. So I'd love to work more with children as well. Um, and just to remain as passionate as I am today, I guess. That might be when something changes, when you don't feel the same, maybe something changes. But for right now, if I feel like I do now, I'll be, I'm loving life. It's great though, isn't it? To know that there's always more opportunity out there to grow yourself and to like, grow your business. Yeah, and it's, when you it's really exciting. that you want to work in, it just grows and grows and grows. And yeah, they say that every day is a school day. And it just doesn't feel like that when you found what you really want to do with it like in your life on a day-to-day basis it doesn't feel like learning it doesn't feel like a job you don't feel that because you just the energy in your tummy is different it drives you differently um it feels like a privilege because I know it's hard I know it's hard to find it sometimes so I know I'm in a very lucky position I'm very grateful for it Grateful, grateful, grateful. That's how we have to stay more. Yeah, just oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, be grateful. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um, I thought we'd just finish this interview with a question that I just like to ask all of my guests. So, 
what advice would you give to all of the incredible women out there who have entrepreneurial dreams and want to start their own businesses but they're just a little bit too afraid well you said the key word there for me dream if you have a dream you've got to go for it if you've got it and you know what it is spend some time like visionizing kind of do vision i love a vision board so yeah i love a vision board which is very hard to get magazines oh, and stuff too. at the moment, but I need to do a new board. Um, so yeah, if you've got that dream or you just know really kind of roughly what it is, just spend time kind of just fleshing it out a little bit, do a vision board or just write things down or like we were talking about earlier, if you sometimes I write questions, so write a question on a bit of paper, what does my dream look like or what should I do next? Um, write it down on a bit of paper, put it on your bedside cabinet and see if anything comes in your mm. dreams. See if your subconscious kind of does a bit of work for you during the night. Flesh it out, pad it out and really think, you know, what what does this dream mean for me? And just then sometimes they say, do like a 10 step plan, just baby steps. What do I have to do to move into that direction? If it's a bit scary, just do baby steps and just go, right. If it's a different, do I need to do a qualification? That's just look at courses. Do I get a feeling for one? when's the next enrollment okay I don't want to do that this year or next year but maybe the year after just be kind to yourself and just dip your toe in and if it's right which is maybe kind of how I felt I dipped my toe in it and before I knew it I was swimming and I was gone so if it's if it's right it the, your path will go <laughs> that way and if there's obstacles sometimes there is obstacles and you're tested but that's a good mm. thing because then you find out how much you want it and if you're tested and you think this isn't going to stop me, then you know your heart's and your dream are telling you, you know you're on the right path. Um, so challenges are good because then it kind of throws you off mentally to think in a different direction. Um, and if you want it, you've got to go and get it. Like It's the old saying that life is too short to spend two hours a day doing something that your heart's not in. If you know what your heart should be doing, you've got to go for it. Got to. You don't want to live with regret, do you? That's like... Mm. yeah no so important and so true as well um, and then my last question of the interview so what Living does the being dream. a female like, entrepreneur mean to you it's crazy when you say about it being and um, like <laughs> running your own business you don't feel it like I've been saying when you love it so much I just feel like privileged and lucky every single day for me it just means like you're happy not all the time there is times you're going to be stressful and there's challenges but like I said they're healthy tests that's that's a good thing but it means you're maybe not just trudging through life you're actually living it and you you've found your purpose and you're going for it it's an amazing empowering feeling it doesn't I don't I don't know anything can top it really oh <laughs> What an amazing way to finish the interview. I don't feel like we could we couldn't finish on much of a higher note than that. Um, so thank you so much, very, Sarah, very for taking welcome. the time to chat with me today. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for being so, oh, thank you for being so open and honest as well and sharing your experience and your journey. Um, you can follow Sarah's inspiring journey over on Instagram and the handle is at Sarah Rose Healing. I will be sure to link all of the link to Sarah's website and to her social media handles as well in the show notes so you can also check them out there but thank you so very, much very Sarah. welcome thank you so it was much a for privilege. your time and for your openness you. and wisdom thank you welcome to the who and what she wants podcast I'm your host Chloe Ward 
And each week, I will be interviewing an inspirational female entrepreneur so that you can take away actionable tools and insights to enable you to build the business of your dreams. Whether you're first starting out building your own business, or if you have entrepreneurial dreams that you don't know how to make a reality, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to keep up to date with the latest Who and What She Wants podcast episodes, then please follow our Instagram page, which is at the handle at Who and What She Wants podcast, or hit the subscribe button now. We hope to see you again soon. Hi guys, I just wanted to jump on really quick before the episode starts. Um, I know you're going to absolutely love today's episode, but I just wanted to let you know that unfortunately we did have some technical difficulties um, while recording this episode and the audio has actually overlapped in places. So I'm so, so sorry for this. I've done all I can to try and edit it, but unfortunately um, it you can still hear it throughout the episode especially towards the end but um I know there's so much great content anyway in this episode and you are going to absolutely love it so can't wait to hear your feedback but I just wanted to jump in and let you know that before